We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound. So you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. He throws back shoulder, Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch. Out of bounds, he has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap, looking left. Now over the middle, he pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams' defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. The Rams sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek C. Apollo with the man, the myth, the legend, Norm Hightower. On our midweek podcast... We're live tonight. We're trying to digest this trade. Oh, boy. Alec Ogletree going to the New York Giants for a fourth and sixth round pick. It's a big, big deal for us. We actually record a podcast, and the whole thing's now obsolete. The whole darn thing is obsolete. So Norm and I are back live tonight. We're back live. Norm, what are your thoughts on this trade? I've been saying all along that I thought Alec Ogletree was – an issue for us in the middle and I'm not really surprised it, I didn't see them doing this with with the extension and you know just resigning him and all that I didn't see it coming but as you and I spoke about earlier 
it seems like they're kind of writing a wrong here, you know, fixing a mistake. And uh, I, I honestly think it was a good move. You know, we've been talking our whole podcast that you're not going to hear because we're not airing it was talking about <laughs> how we're really light, you know, in the linebacker department. And what are we going to do? And here the Rams trade away another linebacker. So uh, I don't know what this is going to mean in our future. I don't know if Alec, you know, if uh, with Alec gone, if, if Mark Barron's going to get re-signed or if they're still going to plan on moving him. And if that's the case, we've got four new linebackers this year. And who are they going to be? And I think this move opens up some cap space. It gives us a few more picks. And I, I, I got to think that there's a master plan behind, you know, what they're doing. And, and I'm sure Wade Phillips has a lot to do with it. That's the thing that, you know, in our last podcast, we actually had somebody come over on on Twitter last night and say, man, you guys is, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but basically, hey, your podcast is pretty depressing. And I was like, well, I'm sorry you feel that way, but you know, hey, by the end of our next podcast, we've reached this consensus. We see no come full circle. And now here we are, before that podcast even airs, Ogletree is traded, renders our entire podcast obsolete. And yet I find even more hope. Because I, I think you need it on the head. I think you hit it hard on the head. And that is, you don't do this unless there's a plan, unless you know exactly who you're going after, unless you know how much you're going to spend, unless you have this specific plan in action. And so I agree. I think that the Rams obviously did what they need to do. By the way, they're saving $5 million-ish in salary cap. Is that what we saw? $5 million? They're still paying. They're taking, a, they're taking a big dead money hit, over $6 million for this trade. Yeah, they're... They're saving five point two million in in cap space and paying six point four mu- uh, million in in dead cap. So you know we were going to spend it either way, and have a linebacker that really didn't suit the defense and wasn't able to stop the run. I, I'm I'm excited to hear. Well, I mean not excited, but I'm interested to hear people's reactions when they hear the numbers of how Ogletree performed last year when you talk about that, because I didn't realize it was as bad as it was. You know, we, we, we saw several times last year when he missed tackles that were just, I, I couldn't understand how he could even possibly miss the tackles. And part of it was, you know, picking bad pursuit angles. And other times it seemed like there was, he just wasn't trying and, you know, he couldn't shed a lineman for the life of him. No, he couldn't. He, that was a big problem. It certainly was. And then when you told me some of the rankings earlier in our phone conversation, this move now makes a lot of sense. And, you know, some of the things we discussed, and, and I want to discuss it here, is maybe they are going to bring Tremaine back. Maybe this opens up enough money to do that. If you've got Tremaine Johnson and... And uh, uh, our new guy, <laughs> I'm drawing a blank on it, Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters, what, what, what's going on? <laughs> you had a long day at work. Uh, I on. did. So, you know, if you have Tremaine Johnson and Marcus Peters on the outside and you manage to pick up a nose tackle, our linebackers just need to be decent. They don't have to be great. 
for us to have a good defense. And, you know, part of the reason that we, we did our podcast and I was in the middle of editing it when this happened was because we also signed the franchise tag on LaMarcus Joyner. So that, that part of our defense is solidified now, at least for this year. And so we know who our two starting safeties are probably going to be, uh, Joyner being one and Johnson being the other. And we know who one of our starting corners is going to be. And, you know, we're starting to see pieces fall into place. And I have a feeling that between the draft and free agency, Wade Phillips has a plan. And as much as people are going to hate seeing Alec Elgatree go, you know, again, looking at it as a fan or looking at it as an objective football thinker, as a fan, it sucks. But looking at it objectively in business and overall talent and trying to make this team better, I think it was a smart move. Is that you? This is live, buddy. Oh, goodness. Okay, so um, we're actually having people calling in now on our, on our line. We, we have voice messages coming in for the uh, – for those of you who don't know, we, ha- we have the – we set up the brand new, the, the stinking brand new Google Voice line, and we put it out there for fans to go ahead and give us a call and give their thoughts tonight. And so you're, um, I'm, I was shocked because I'm hearing that sound. Did you hear it? No, I didn't. I'm hearing, I'm hearing my my headset here, and it's people calling in on Google Voice um, to leave messages. So we'll get to some of those messages here as soon as we go through some of the data. By the way, Lamarcus Joyner, uh, the move to franchise him, it's. $11.2 million for next year. It um, it kind of settles things with, with Sammy Watkins for now. We don't know if he's going to be back or not, but now there's more money to get Sammy Watkins if you want him. It's kind of weird. We went through the whole thing last night. That's gone. That's tanked. But overall, LaMarcus Joyner is the best fit for what they need to do. We know that now. We three-fourths of the secondary is set. The starting secondary is set. So, you know, geez, oh, Pete, so we... we what what a, what a 24 hours. All right, a little bit of data. A little bit of data while I wait for um for our messages to come in. Alec Ogletree, if you're reading the chart correctly, um, this is my clay NFL. Um, <laughs> Chris is crazy. He ranked 830th out of 856 defensive players graded by Pro Football Focus last year. Crazy number. Okay, here we go. His season grade by Pro Football Focus. 38.9, the lowest in his career. But here's what's even more unsettling. Here's what's even more unsettling. What's more unsettling is his scores from the last four years, 38.9 in 2017, 51 in 2016, 45.3 in 2015, 49.2 in 2014. His only really good year, or at least solid year, a 75.3 in his rookie season. Yeah, I so, mean, the numbers tell the tale. They do, and there's more. I have more here. It's a little hard to read. I had this come in. Our, our guy from, um, our person from PFF sent us some, some goodies here, and I'm just trying to read this. My screen is so small as we're trying to kind of work this thing through. But the overall numbers on him, we'll go through them, I guess, on Sunday night to go through all the numbers. But the numbers just, they don't lie. You're right, it's, he didn't work 
out even in the 4-3. We're seeing that now. He has significant holes in his game. The big one, he can't shed blocks. He's not a run stopper. You cannot put him in there to be a run stopper. He is solid in coverage. He can move sideline to sideline. Those are his good things. But getting him up on the line to, to stop the running game, getting him up to make moves, even on the edge, even as a blitzer, he's never been all that effective. And it's a shame that the Rams... They messed this up, man. Let's just be honest about that. Yeah. They gave him an extension halfway through the year that, wow, that just buries you. That buries you. That's why we you have know? that dead money hit. Yeah, but that dead money hit is because of that. Now, yeah, you get a four and a six back. You just paid a bunch of money, basically, for a four and a six. Now, they may package those and get something out of it, but, you know, I, I have to think they were thinking, yes, he will work in the three, four. And in the end, he didn't work out at all. At least not what they want him to. No, and I think he would have been suited better as an outside linebacker in Wade Phillips' defense. And he, I don't really think he's the prototypical guy for Wade Phillips, you know, at that position. But I think he would have been better there, as we've, as we've discussed. Even, you know, Mark Barron might even be better there. They need some big run-stopping middle linebackers. And we've been talking about that for the last couple of years. And I think now that's what they're going to really focus on. Another point that I want to bring up is with Ogletree gone, that leaves Michael Brockers as the sole person still on the team from the RG3 trade. And you know what? The Rams still won that trade. They still did, but that's the only guy left. Uh, the only guy left. <laughs> <laughs> that's the craziness of the situation here is, of all of those guys, he's the only one left. And because Brockers is still in the league, he's still a major part of this defense, the Rams still won the trade. Unbelievable. And in the process of players moving, they got draft picks out of it. They got, you know, so it's not an end of the world type of thing, but man, unbelievable that they still won the trade. How, how, that was such a hype trade at the time, too. Yeah. Unbelievable. The, um, the big thing now here is, Again, recapping, recapping, LaMarcus Joyner, franchise tag. He's there at safety. He's going to be there for next year, and I'm guessing they'll eventually sign him long-term. Marcus Peters, locked in. John Johnson, locked in. He's got our safety. Our front two on defense, on defensive line are set, we think. Okay, and now you have Barron. Do you cut him too? And who's going to be your other defensive lineman? It's starting to come together. I, there's a reason, you know, last night in the, in the the podcast before, we were we were really kind of struggling to work through this. And you're right, we're, we're kind of figuring out now what's going to happen. Where do, where do the Rams go from here? What's the next step? Well, honestly, I think they're going to cut Mark Barron, and that's going to give me even more salary cap. And then they're going to go they, – Wade Phillips has to have at least one or two – uh, free agents in mind to bring in probably somebody he's familiar with there are a few linebackers out there that we've discussed that that do fit his system and do know his system that might make a lot of sense uh, and and now with all these draft picks you know there is an option to trade for another player with some picks uh, I don't know who that would be at this point I haven't this is so fresh I haven't really looked too hard at you know going through this because I didn't expect that Ogletree to be gone and you know in other news too 
Sher Richard Sherman announced he's not going to be returning to the Seahawks, and mm -hmm. Michael Bennett was traded today to the Eagles. So the Seahawks are also in rebuild mode, looks like, with their defense, uh, which doesn't hurt my feelings one little bit. I just think that there's got to be a master plan, and I'm sure Wade Phillips is pulling the strings on this with the with the approval of you know Coach McVay and Les Snead. And now that we kind of see, I, I, I need to see what they're going to do with Barron. And once once I know that, then I can really start focusing because, and and I don't even know for sure how many picks we have. I haven't had time to look it up, but we have a ton of draft picks right now. And we didn't have the ammo to move up in the draft if we chose to do so before, maybe in the later rounds, but not in the early rounds. But now we kind of do have some ammo if there's a player they really want uh, that we could possibly move up. So it's, it's, it's still too big of a puzzle to figure out, but I kind of like the options that we have, and I like the fact that we're getting rid of players that weren't performing to the level that we had really hoped for. Quinn, Quinn, not so much. He's, he's, you know, been solid except for the injuries. He's been solid. He hasn't been, you know, like his earlier numbers really great, but he's been a solid player for us. Ogletree's made a lot of tackles, but that's because he's made a lot of tackles in pursuit. And I really think him leaving opens the door for us to really become a better defense. And that's hard to say, but I, I really believe that. All right. Um, a couple things here before we move forward. On March 4th, on, on uh, Sunday, March 4th, we received the news that one of our best supporters, been with us, been following our site now for five years, constantly read our work and comment on our podcast, interact with us all the time. His name is Gerald Reynolds. And, um, you know, we sometimes we didn't agree with them. Sometimes we agree with them. We have plenty of debates on, geez, you name it, Twitter, on our Facebook page, on our comment section. He listened to all of our shows. Diehard Rams fan was, was a, you know, fan from when they were in St. Louis, was a fan before they moved to St. Louis. I mean, he's been a fan almost as long or probably was as long as Norm has been. And uh, we lost him on Sunday morning. And we want to go ahead and pay our respects to somebody who, not only loved the Rands, but also supported us as a company and what we do. And um, to his family, we send our condolences. Uh, it's a big loss. And to all of us who had a chance to interact with him and talk football with him, we're glad that he got a chance, one last chance to see the Rams have a winning season before he moved on. So, again, um, goodbye, Gerald. We'll miss you. All right. So as we transition here um, – Let's go ahead and run the sponsor real quick and, and talk a little bit about the Golden Ram Barbershop. And then let's hit the mailbox, the, the mailbag as well. We got a couple in there about tonight that uh, are interesting. And it goes into the conversation we're going to have to kind of fill this thing out. So, folks, if you are out in Westminster, California, if you're out in that area, if you're visiting Disneyland, if you're in the region and you're a Rams fan, heck, if you're a football fan, give Sal Martinez a call over the Golden Ram Barbershop at 13755. Golden West Street, Westminster, California, at 714-894-7267. Again, that is 13755, Golden West Street, in Westminster, California, 92683. Hours are 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., Monday through Friday, 
open 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Saturday, closed on Sunday. Listen, go into that shop. You'll see it right away. It is a Rams fan's heaven. All the memorabilia you could possibly ask for. He will talk football the entire time you're there. If you want a real, true blue, old school barbershop experience with a great football fan, not just a Rams fan. He loves the Rams. He's a, he bleeds the colors. He'll talk any team with you. And only 10% of the people who go in there, is, well, according to him, are actual Rams fans. So give him a call. It's 714-894-7267. Use a promo code RAMSTALK. All right. So go in the mailbag. We got a couple here for us. And I thought these are pretty good questions. Actually, really good questions. First one here. His name is Andre Lopez. From Andre Lopez, he hits a couple of things. He argues that the this move doesn't like it, but it's necessary. He wasn't a fit for a 3-4. Um, the outside linebackers in a 3-4 need to be dynamic. So he asks us, he comments to us, basically, who are we going to go after next? He, he mentions Todd Davis, Avery Williamson, um, also asking about getting Vita Vita in the first round. What are your thoughts on those? Well, I think Via would be a heck of a pickup if he ends up falling some and the Rams don't have to sell the farm to move up and get him. But I honestly don't think he's going to make it out of the top 10. After the combine that he had, depending on his pro day, I just don't, I don't see that being an option. But if it is, I would love to have him. I think Phillips is probably going to go after a veteran inside linebacker. Uh, I'm not quite sure who that's going to be, but there are some options out there that we have talked about, and I'm actually pulling it up as as we talk about it. Uh, The one that intrigued me a lot was the guy from Denver and also the guy that you mentioned, Derek. Avery Williamson. Yes. Avery Williamson, inside linebacker, Titans, 26 years old, fifth-round pick in 2014. Uh, He's a dominant run stuffer and decent in coverage. So he's definitely an option for us. Probably get him at a pretty good price. And if he fits what uh, Coach Phillips is looking for, I think he's definitely an option. I really think that uh, he's looking at Todd Davis, though. Davis. Oh, being, really? Well, Davis being from the Broncos, 26 years old, uh, he's he's been a reason that Denver's been very hard to run against. And I think that's their biggest concern right now. Having, having Joyner back, you know, on the roster solidified for this year, uh, bringing in Marcus Peters, I really think that he's not as concerned about our inside linebackers being able to cover as much. And I think Todd Davis, you know, at 26 years old, makes a lot of sense there. So I, I'm, I'm going to shoot for Todd Davis because I, I think he's probably going to be the most affordable guy that Phillips could probably have some confidence in. Or like you said, Avery Williamson makes a lot of sense as well. So that would be my two picks. I would imagine whoever's playing next to who they sign is probably coming out of the draft. Either that or it's going to be Corey Littleton. 
What about Shaq Barrett? The restricted free agent from Denver. You know, we talked about him, and I think he's definitely an option as well. Uh, he's more of an outside linebacker, though, isn't he? Yeah, he moves around a little bit. And, and the fact is that he's still developing. And the Broncos, like him a lot, just got hurt last year. Yeah, he's definitely an option. Again, he's 25. Um, he, he plays mostly outside linebacker. He's had two really good seasons, but, uh, you know, that like you said, he had a hip injury this year that kind of sidelined him. If the Broncos don't uh, bring him back, he is a restricted free agent. So if the Broncos make an offer, or if anybody makes an offer, the Broncos have an option to, to match that offer. So, you know, he's definitely an option. And, you know, you could go after both of them. I just, that, that might be, you know, there's some familiarity there between the two of them, uh, Davis and Barrett, and that could be a good option. And Phillips probably knows both of them very well. Now, Andre also mentions the possibility of Deron Payne. We don't know too much about him just yet. I think we're going to go do some, a little bit of research on him. But one guy you like, Abacom. Yeah. Away from Eastern Washington. I, what about him? I think, honestly, I think he's going to be our starter at outside linebacker, uh, one side or the other. He, he'll probably start Quinn's spot. And he's certainly proved that he could play. He's a little bit undersized for that position, but have you seen the guy? I mean, the guy walks around with no shirt on, and that guy is built like a brick shit house. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Seriously, he, he is he is stout, man, and, and he's but, quick, and he's he's tough, and I really like him. I think there's a really good shot that, that he's going to be our, one of our starters this year. But he also had some issues in his playing time last year. I know, yeah, he was a rookie, and those mistakes are a lot, but I didn't see enough to have faith in him. I know you do. You've seen him play more. I get that, but I haven't seen enough to go, okay, you know what, this guy can be our guy. It's just, you know – how I would I would say it. I mean that's good grief, you know. Who who was who was it that he mentioned? Oh, the the uh, our, from our caller. Mm-hmm. He mentioned at linebacker. He mentioned Todd Davis, Avery Williamson, and, and then at defensive tackle there. Okay, also Epicom, and then also defensive tackle Deron Payne. Which oh, we need, you know, we need to get Blaine on here. He's very good at the draft, and um, also Vita Via. Now Via is to me the dream. If, if Via is there, even remotely close to twenty three, if, if he's there around eighteen, nineteen, the Rams, I mean, go get him. But uh, you know, geez, after that, you know, who's there? Yeah, I, I don't know, I. I would think that there might be, you know, it really depends on, are we going to have a run on cornerbacks? That's going to, I mean, on quarterbacks, is that going to be, you know, what this draft is all about this year? And if that's the case, some of these guys are going to fall, even though they, they're, they're very much capable of being picked in the top five or 10. If there's a run on quarterbacks, some of these guys might fall. And if they fall, that's when the Rams now, with the, the picks the Rams have, they now have some, some room to move forward, which brings to mind guys like Vita Villa or Chubb. 
Chubb might be a good pickup for the Rams as well. And there's some other edge rushers that may fall too. And even though we don't have a second round pick, we have enough ammo to go up and get a second round pick. And that's going to open some doors for us too. So I really do like the guys from Denver, both guys that are free agents. And I, I, I bet you one of them's on our team. I got to think so. I mean, they know the system so well. Okay, Austin from New Mexico. He has a couple questions for us. And this one's actually pretty good. How do we how do we think the whole Ogletree trade affects the locker room? And how do you think the coaching staff deals with that? Well, obviously there were a few players that were a little shocked, and one was maybe upset a little bit. Uh, Tremaine Johnson just tweeted, wow. And uh, Todd Gurley threw some angry emojis on his Twitter. It's a business. These guys know that. They may not be happy about losing a friend or a teammate, but ultimately it's a business. Tremaine, if <laughs> Tremaine Johnson, if the Rams end up re-signing him, well, he should thank Alec because that's one of the reasons he might get re-signed because of that cap space that opened up. I still don't see it happening, but that's, that's a possibility. And Todd Gurley's on offense. So, you know, if he's upset about losing a guy on our defense, oh, well, <laughs> it's a business. And I really think that, you know, Coach McVay and Wade Phillips are going to sit these guys down when they have the opportunity and say, look, we know that you guys like some of the players that we let go, but we're trying to win. And we think that getting rid of them and bringing in some new blood is the best option for us. And that's what we're going to do. I mean, if I were them and these are my buddies, I'm going to be thinking, well, what about this whole we, not me thing you, just, you were talking about? You know, now you just got part, you got rid of part of the we. And so they, they, they're going to have to reconcile that. Because if I'm a player, I'm just seeing my buddies go. And I know it's a business, but you just preach to us, we, 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 we. Well, if we matter, then why would you do that? And I'm sure some of them will understand I'm not so sure everybody will understand. So I'm hoping the maturity level on this team has gotten to the point now where, yeah, they'll be upset for a couple of days and then move on. I wouldn't say that about a couple of years ago, though. You know, a lot of immature players in previous years, and I'm hoping that they've grown up. You kind of sounded like Maxwell the pig there from the commercials, you know. Wee! Yeah, shut the pie <laughs> hole. Come on. It, we Not Me isn't just about the team it's about the whole the whole rams organization and making the we stronger is part of the deal and i'm sure they're going to see that in the long run all right the second part of austin's comments here questions is do why do we think the rams made this trade and i mean or and or is it because of pay salary cap or to try and create room for new players. I'm kind of paraphrasing what he said, but basically why? Well, I think the rankings against, you know, uh, he just gave us the numbers. The rankings are one of the reasons. And uh, I'm not sure if it was uh, uh, Ian Rappaport or who it was that tweeted earlier that, you know, it was it was said to him that part of the reason that 
they let Alec Ogletree go is they weren't happy with his play in the run game. And that's very understandable. I think the fact that he didn't really fit the 3-4, the, uh, the fact that they made a mistake in paying him too much, there's lots of, lots of reasons why this was a good move. might not be a very good feeling move, but it's a good move overall. You know, the crazy thing is, if it were many other players, very few other players, we wouldn't even be batting an eye at this trade. But because he was so well liked in the locker room, because he was a symbol of that new brand of football, when they went and got him, it was a big deal that they went and got him. He was supposed to be the next star. He never really became the next star, but he became somebody the Rams, uh, Rams fans would look to in the middle field in the linebacking core. And now he's gone. Well, you and I, we were talking last night. We had, we there was no thought that Ogletree wasn't going to be there. We were debating whether or not they're going to move him back outside. We were thinking they might just do that and just try and get inside guys, you know. So there, there's an understandable shell shock to seeing him go. But when you look at the numbers, when you look at how he fits, I get it. What I don't get, by the way, is why the Giants went and got him, because the Giants are moving to a 3-4. Yeah. Kind of... Maybe because he just ran it, you know, he was in charge and running a 3-4. Uh, he might be a better fit with a bigger inside linebacker with him and a, a real strong defensive tackle group or nose tackle. So I could see – I mean, they could – they could build a defense around Ogletree staying in the middle. We couldn't do that. I, I just don't think we had enough players and enough choices to really, I, I guess, the word I'm looking for is kind of support him. Because he, he definitely was weak for us in the middle. He, he wasn't a run stopper at all. And I've been saying that for a long time. I've watched... I, I couldn't even tell you how many hours of film on Alec Ogletree just to see, you know, what's going on. And the guy could not shed a block. And when you play inside linebacker, that is your number one response. That's your number one responsibility. Yeah. Shed the block. Yeah, make that happen. Fill the hole. And so they've got to bring somebody in that can do that. And so that's why I don't see this as being a bad move. You know, a lot of people are complaining that we didn't get enough for him. Well, that may be true if it was his second year for where we drafted him and the way he scored his first year. But we just talked about the rankings, you know, being ranked in the 800s out of 800 mm -hmm. and something. That doesn't make your, your worth as much, especially with the big contract that he had. So getting the picks that we got, I think, is more than fair. And what we do with those picks now is even more important. And I'm a lot more confident with this staff than I was with the prior regime. No kidding. To use those picks. Good gosh. Good gosh. You know what? Too on the flip side of it, um, my old man. He's a uh, he's a big Giants guy, and he added me not too long ago to a Giants board just to be able to talk football here and there. And I never talked in there until tonight. And they're talking about the Ogletree thing and. I kid you not, I had one person in there arguing that, that the Giants gave up too much for Ogletree. And on the flip side of it, that's silly too. A fourth and a sixth makes sense. 
you know, fourth round pick that's a developmental person who has a chance to, you believe, has a chance to become a starter one day, and a sixth round player is a guy who's going to fill your bench if he makes a team. Okay, that 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 makes sense. The Rams also pay a large chunk of the salary this year. They're taking six over a six million dollar hit in dead money for it. So, to me, both teams get what they want. The Rams get some salary cap relief. They give now have room to move and you know find what they need in the lineup. They'll clear cap space for it next year, and the Giants get a guy who they think will fit. Now, mentioning the three four, I think they're going to try and move him as a a two gap guy. Um, and maybe that'll work for them. Maybe that'll work. But to actually have some Giants fans making the argument to me that the rant, that they didn't uh, the Giants go too much is also silly. The trade's a good trade. I think it works both ways. Well, and, and one thing I want to make perfectly clear about all of this is McVay and Phillips inherited the team. They became the coaches for the team, and the players that were on it were players that they inherited. They may not like all those pieces, and that's obviously the case. Some of it's because of money. Some of it's because of the, the scheme and better fits. And I'm happy to see them change this to whatever it is they want to be more successful. Look at the history of Wade Phillips. Do you not want this guy to build your defense? I, mean, I certainly do. The guy's obviously a talented defensive coordinator. He's one of the best ever, as far as I'm concerned. And he is making changes. That's not a bad thing. If, if I'm sitting here looking at it, even if I'm not a Rams fan, I'm going, you know, the coach came in, he had a team that he had to play with, and they were only able to add or subtract a few pieces last year. It's his team now, at least the defense. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and make those changes that make you better, that make your team better, that's a better fit for your scheme. And if he doesn't think Alec Ogletree is part of that deal, by all means, let him go. And, you know, I think that's what people need to really realize. It's not like they chose the team that was on the field last year. They only chose a few pieces of the team last year. They inherited the rest of it. And a guy like Wade Phillips, I want him choosing who he wants. And if he doesn't want Ogletree on the team, then by all means, get something for him and move on. And that's what they did. So I think that's what people really need to realize. Well, on the flip side of that, though, the Rams will pay a price. They took on substantial dead money for this. And, you know, they took a little bit on with Quinn, more with with uh, the trade here for Ogletree. They're going to have some shortfalls in their salary cap availability this year. Next year, it'll clear up. So now I'm thinking back to what we talked about before in our last show, that maybe it's more its more than just 2018 right now. Maybe the goal is get some building blocks in place, fix the holes you can, and then next year when you have that huge chunk of money available, you know, you'll be able to really kind of make that move into the next generation, no, not next generation, next level. You know, it, I think that's that's how it's looking to me because you're taking some shots this year. You're not going to have as much money to spend by making some of the mistakes you did. So you're kind of, you're, you know, I think they call it taking a bath. You're you're making, you are confessing now that you messed up with both Ogletree and a couple of other deals. You're, you're saying, look, we, we got it. We're going to take our medicine. We're going to take a bath. 
and we're going to come out clean the other side. And that's probably going to be a two-year process. And that's that's my line of thinking now is they're cleaning this up, they're fixing the mistakes, and we're moving forward. Yeah, but I guarantee you that they're not planning on not trying to win games this year. So there there's a plan in place of who they think they can bring in to do a good enough job to get us where they need to get us. And sure, you're, you know, you're playing, it's like you're playing a game of chess. You're looking 15 moves ahead. Sure, they're looking towards next year. But they're also looking at how to make this team better this year. And obviously, with Ogletree ranking in the 800s out of 800, uh, they're not losing a whole lot and they're gaining some salary cap. Uh, and you got to think of this way, too. If he's ranking there and he's not really a 3-4 guy, you have to think that if you get a mid-round inside linebacker, a person you can play the 3-4, even if it's that person ranks in the 400s or 500s, it's still better than the 800s in their rookie year. Right. I mean, so you, you should be able to, if you find the right guy, to be better at what you need them to do. No, And by the way, I'm not saying, you know, that by – kind of building for next year that they're not trying to win this year. I'm thinking more along the lines of it's going to take a couple of years to clean up the mess, the mess that the Fisher regime left behind. And they're going to do the best they can to be competitive. They're going to try and win. But the eyes I'm guessing now are more towards not just 2018, but also looking towards 2019 and thinking, okay, we get this done here, here, here. And you know what? Look at what's available here in 2019, and we're going to be good to go. Well, and by making the move, they're back up to around $50 million in cap space after doing the franchise tag with LaMarcus Joyner. Obviously, they've got Aaron Donald to figure out. You've got other players like Sammy Watkins or even maybe Tremaine Johnson. So there is money to do some movement there. They've got a lot more draft picks, so they can make some movement there. There's some free agents out there they can go after that they can probably get for some decent amount of money. I'm actually kind of liking what they're doing. There, there's a part of me that that wants them to rebuild this defense because there were some obvious glaring things wrong with it. And and I've, I've been saying for a couple of years, as much as I like Al, Alec Ogletree as a person, I did not think he was one of the best linebackers out there. Even when we we're, we're talking about the draft, and he was in the draft. He wasn't my, my top pick for a linebacker at that time. There were some character issues I was worried about, which obviously those didn't affect, mm-hmm. him, affect him as he came to the pros. But there, there were some things that were, that were talked about then. Is he, a, is he a better fit at safety, kind of like Mark Barron? He, he's almost like built like a hybrid more than he is a middle linebacker. And when Wade Phillips came in, I was excited, but then when he said they were going to have Alec Ogletree running the middle, that kind of scared me a little bit because I just don't know that he was the right fit for that. And obviously he wasn't, according to the rankings. So I'm glad to see him rebuilding. And when I say rebuilding, I don't think they're going to put a team together that they think they're just going to get you know a 500 record with. They're going to do what they can to win and start building for next year and the year after as well at the same time. So... I think people just need to, to kind of relax on this and not get so upset. It's hard to see people go that you like. You know, Robert Quinn, I liked Robert Quinn a lot. I was a huge Robert Quinn fan. He he just, 
it was time. It was time for him to move on. And that's what's hard about having football be a business as well as, you know, being a sport. And yeah, and that's the biggest problem at all is you, is you sometimes as a fan, especially you get attached to players and you get, you have a hard time letting them go when it's time to go. Well, there's some free agents out there and there's some other guys that are, that are going to get cut here soon too that's going to open up some possibilities. I've seen it thrown around that uh, Donicum Sue is going to get cut. Yeah, you can't pay him though. Well, <laughs> you can't pay him. Though. I'm not. I'm not saying you can't, but I'm saying that's just an example. There are a lot of guys that are going to get cut because of contracts, and we don't know who all of them are yet. But that's just one example. Obviously, we can't afford to to get him. We can't. We can't have him and Aaron Donald on the same line just because of the money. Although it would be very interesting to have him in the middle. Uh, Don Terry Poe. That, that becomes more of an option now than it probably was. So there's lots of things that are going to happen, and, and that's why we have to do these podcasts live right now instead of trying to do them the night before and edit and make them all pretty for you folks because things happen so fast and things are changing so fast that we can't keep up with it and edit and, and put them out the next day. So uh, we'll see. I, I'm excited, though. I actually think this was a good move. Okay, so it's about time for us to hit the road. Before we go, we're going to go ahead and we're going to play the prediction game. All right? We're going to play the prediction game. Norm, free agency opens next week. Give three predictions right now for the Rams for free agency. Go. Davis from the Broncos at inside linebacker. Williamson as an outside linebacker. You mean inside? I mean inside, excuse me. And I, I don't I can't throw a name out there because I'm not sure who's available, but I wouldn't see him I wouldn't be surprised to see him bring in a nose tackle. Alright, here's my three. I think the Rams are gonna resign Sammy Watkins. I think it's one reason they're they're moving money around. I think they do want to make a serious chance at keeping him on the team. Um I think uh prediction number two. The Rams are going to go hard after Shaq Barrett. I don't know if they'll be successful. And prediction number three, I'm with you on Williamson. They're going to go hard after him as well. I think the Patriots will probably try and get him too. So um, we'll see how that one works out. But those those are my three, and I'm sticking to them. We'll see what happens. Okay, so before we go, I want to go ahead and, hey, folks, iTunes, please, if you are listening to us and you think we're doing a – reasonably good job a pretty good job be a part of our itunes contest go over to itunes give us a five-star review let us know what you, what you think of us and it'll enter you into our contest to earn a 50 dollars gift certificate over to nflshop.com you can also find us on soundcloud stitcher android google play and iHeartRadio. Give us a listen. Give us a subscription. We really appreciate your patronage. We appreciate you. If you ever have any comments or questions, there's two different ways you can reach us. You can give us a leave a voicemail, which, by the way, also lets you text. It's 657-666-5453 or email us at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. We really appreciate feedback. We really appreciate your involvement. Um, you matter to us. We are in this together with you, 
And we uh, we hope that you continue to follow us as we head into the offseason and then next year. Any closing thoughts, Norm? This is exciting. It's it's a different year. It's something that we're not used to. We're following a winning season, a playoff season, and now they're making a lot of changes and people are nervous and people are excited and I'm loving it. You know, when when we do what we do and you have all this kind of stuff going on, it's great. McDonald's, I'm loving it. (laughs) Okay, my closing thought here is this. My closing thought is for once in my life, I'm excited to see this team reloading and not rebuilding. That's what this is now. It's become a reload. And after a little bit of time to get some to digest all this, it's that's what it is now. They're just reloading to take it to the next level. I'll take that. We'll all take that. Let's go on and hopefully see this team move on to much greener pastures than we've seen them do in the last 15 years. Okay. For Norm Hightower. This is Derek C. Apollo. Talk to you soon. Adios. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.